everyone. Welcome to another fabulous Monday edition of We Love Lucy. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Allison Werma. I'm Corinne Eckhart. I'm Molly Lyons. Yet again this week, I'm holding my mic with my hand like a peasant. Like so a karaoke sorry. star. Yeah, actually, this feels pretty comfortable. I have done karaoke two times in the past week. Wait, are you what? serious? Yeah. Why was I not invited to either occasion? One was on my company retreat, um, and the other mm. was with my coworkers. What did you sing at um, each? I sang "Say My Name," Destiny's Child, Great. as Beyonce, and I also sang all three parts because I'm a giver. And then I did a <laughs> duet for uh, Greece, "Summer Lovin'." Oh yes. And then I did. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, does he have a car? And then the one I went the second time, I did. Drunken Love. Oh, that's that hard. Which explains why she's been singing that all day. Boots are made for walking. Good. Ooh, Nancy Sinatra. Solid. Uh, what else did I do? I feel like... Oh, I did JoJo, Get Out, parentheses, Leave. <laughs> right now. Parentheses, um, Leave. Yeah, so and parentheses. <laughs> get Out, Leave. As if we didn't understand the subtext. It wasn't like, Get Out! Like, Okay, I feel like I'm doing st- – guys, I literally feel like I'm doing stand-up with this mic. She's really good at it. <laughs> What's the deal? What's the deal with that? Karaoke, am I right? Um, <laughs> Mics. To, uh, today we're going to talk about the episode called Gossip, which aired March – 24th, 1952. The boys and girls bend each other breakfast in bed for a month that they can't stop gossiping. And guys, I felt really personally victimized slash like seen by this episode of television. One of my best friends refers to me as the town crier. And you do know everything about it. It's everybody. not us. <laughs> right. And well, but you guys are laughing because it's true. <laughs> and I, I only, I cop to that in that like, I keep very aware of everyone in my life and even people who I don't know that well, I like to know what people are up to and so most people i know don't keep up with their friends they just ask me what their friends are up to and i tell them i'm a public servant i provide information and then like you don't have to stalk that person you used to know on facebook because like i already did for gossip the details are just like so hard to remember yeah i'm not good at that i can barely listen and remember to my friends i love you guys but i think i have a terrible memory for details and i remember yeah. stupid shit i re- really remember dumb stuff that doesn't matter and not important life start live life stories so i'm so sorry i mean that's just the hard part about gossip but also like not to play devil's advocate but like kind of to play devil's advocate what is the line between gossip and like literally just knowing about people in your life yeah that's my question especially for modern day um say like a facebook update in 1950 a facebook update that you were engaged or like separated that would be gossip Is but it then though? today it's news i think it would be gossip then and today it's news and you're like publishing it yourself so i no feel like gonna anything that's like being put out there that you're not like maybe this is why i'm the town crier but like unless like it's clear to me either because they say explicitly or, like, based on context, that someone said, like, unless it's clear that it's not something they want everyone to know mm-hmm. or anyone, you know, anyone else to know, the fact that someone gets a new job isn't gossip to me. That's just, like, a fact. You know if, what I mean? If the person got the job by sleeping with a higher-up and that rumor, in, although if it's a fact, is that gossip? Mm, that's true. I don't know. Your life is a lot more interesting than mine because I wouldn't know any, I don't know anything don't, interesting like that. Oh, but I don't like, know anything interesting like that. Either, <laughs> gossip is more, we don't know if it's a fact or not. Right, and right. if you're spreading it around something that may or may not be truthful. And then also too, when it's like, you know, you're playing telephone and 
details get lost, details right. get changed. Right. Like that's gossip. Right. And I mean the aspect of gossip that people talk about is like the salacious nature of it, the sure. juicy nature of it. But like me saying Allie got a new rug is not gossip. Back to the rug. I don't know. Yeah. Have you seen the rug though? Or yeah. Did you see Allie's new rug? Yeah, that's definitely different. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, when there's a kind of a negative connotation to it, like you tell someone because you want to hear their negative reaction. Right. Or you're united in sort of either making fun of the person or judging them in some yes. way, then yeah, it's not good. But we're all guilty of it. I mean, I will say there's a lot less to gossip about in the real world than there was in college, you know? Right. We're all busy and we have lives and work and podcasts and yoga classes. I mean, I think people's, God, so boring. <laughs> I think people's romantic lives are probably just always going to fall under gossip. For sure. And then it's only really okay to share that if the person who told you was that person and they were like, feel free to tell this to anyone, you know, like an engagement right. or something. Though it's interesting you point out that, like, I think you're right. Most things that people would quantify as gossip are almost always related to, like, someone's romantic or sexual life. Yeah. The two examples in this episode right. are a couple getting into a fight over another woman and a woman running away with the milkman and breaking up a marriage. Yeah. And it's kind of the same story in both <laughs> cases. It's just Cheating. Cheating is gossip and everything yeah. else is news. <laughs> That's a good policy. Corinne has a lot of feelings about cheating. I do. I do. You know what? It. I don't know. We we talked about it a lot, Allie and I, before this episode started and just about why anyone would cheat on anybody. It's hard to like just judge people from the outside. I've never been cheated on nor have I cheated on anyone. No, same. Mm-mm, same. We're so lucky. And lacking in real world experience. <laughs> Although that's, that's not good. one I don't want. I, I mean, that's not one I want to have because then you're emotionally scarred. Yeah. I already I, have enough damage. <laughs> I mean, that's like not exactly the kind of life experience one looks for. And I don't think anyone would judge you for not having it. But it's like a universal thing, it sounds like. I mean, it's like the show was made 60 years ago. Right. And it was happening then. And the, those people were married. This is like definitely married people committing adultery or the implication of adultery. But as we mentioned, we don't even know if any of this is true. Like we don't know if any of those stories are true within the context of this world. That's, yeah. We know for sure that one of them isn't. Right. The first story about him dancing with another woman could certainly be true, but that doesn't mean they're cheating. Right. Oh, but they were kissing when yeah. the wife walked in. At least go to a club in a different borough. <laughs> That's your rule. Always if you're going to cheat, do it out of the <laughs> If you're going to cheat, do it out of the county. Yeah. Okay. It's like not in our neighborhood, you know? <laughs> I like to go down to Newport when I do my cheating. <laughs> I just <laughs> I don't really understand the impetus for it, and that's what Allie and I were talking about, because if you feel the impulse to sleep with another person, if it's a passing impulse, you've met that person that night, then chances are, if you go through that, you're going to regret it in the morning, because you're probably never going to want to see them again. It's not like you have an emotional connection. It's just about sex in that moment, and you're committed to somebody else. What if it's just getting it out of your system? But then, 
Well, I think you should talk to your partner about those feelings. To quote my favorite movie of all time, cheating is not. It is just a symptom of a greater problem. Right. <laughs> and as Billy Crystal says in When Harry Met Sally, well, that symptom is fucking my wife. So it's like not comforting <laughs> to know that it's like not the cheating that's the problem. But it's usually like an indication of some some other fault line in a relationship. Well, maybe it's a good thing to happen because it makes you reevaluate things. And get, yeah. you know, make things better and get the help that you need for your relationships. One of the things I think about that in terms of relationships now versus when the show was being made is that I think one assessment I've heard made a lot about cheating in a relationship, surviving cheating, is that, like, it, it changes the playing field. Where, like, you're never going to be on equal, uh, an equal playing field ever again because either you're trying to get the person to forgive you or you're punishing that person or you don't trust them or whatever. But this is a world in which men and women are not really on an pl- equal playing field in relationships typically anyway. True. I liked how the symmetry of how in the first couple the man is stepping out and in the second couple it's the woman. At least – That's true. I at least that. there was more equality in that. For sure. Um, anyway, so we start off with her on the phone in a fantastic outfit that we don't understand but we adore. Correct? <laughs> yeah, is it yes. a backwards apron or a skirt missing its front? I don't know. Should we start wearing those? Yes. Oh, I, I, if whatever it was, it looked fabulous. And yeah, it was just laying so perfectly on the chair when she had her legs up. And she had, she always has such great slacks. I know. Yeah. So well tailored. And she's like lounging with her feet up on the phone. That's how I talk on the phone. Also how I drive. <laughs> Remember telephone cords? Yeah. You just would wrap them around your finger. Well, like I'm doing as, to my hair right as now. As you gossiped. Um, right. I was at a hotel last week out in Palm Springs. We were staying at the Parker, and it, the oh, telephones are right next to the toilet. And it had, and of course, I'm taking a picture with it, and right. I had to finagle it so the cord didn't fall into the toilet. <laughs> but I'm like, why? Number one, why are there still like phones with cords at a hotel? And two. Why, why is it in the bathroom? <laughs> is this where you're supposed to make business deals? Or does it just allow for convenient gossiping all over the room? The you were, was quite long, I will say that. I First bet you all, it was it was like considered an asset when the phone was installed to have right. the phone in the bathroom where you could easily access it. Like you could be taking a bath and still be reachable. Right. Well, what if you're sleeping? Then you have to get up out of bed. No, but there's one in the bedroom and the bathroom. You were so right. That's dumb. So she's gossiping and when... Uh, she gets off the phone, Ricky scolds her. Right, because he's in this teaching mode now of, like, always telling her how to live her damn life. Well, it's all the same theme. Don't get involved in other people's affairs. Gossiping is just learning about other people's affairs, but then often that leads to Lucy wanting to do something about it. Right. So he says it's, like, the most unattractive thing a person can do. Please. I guess since we're adults and we're out of school, no one really scolds us for our behaviors anymore. I just can't remember the last time I felt I felt like someone was gossiping, you know. But when we were growing up, like you said gossip girl at the top of this episode, that concept and that like mysterious person who knew everyone's secrets and just spilled them was very damaging to those characters. Mm-hmm. Like a burn book and mean girls. Yeah. Do you guys remember when you were in college and they had Juicy Campus in college oh my ACB, God. which was horrifying? And yeah, I was never on it. Yeah, me thank either. God. Thank God. I was. You're they joking. Under what yeah. thread? There were a bunch. They were mean. Some were nice. Some were mean. 
Well, we grew up with the reality that someone could be talking about you anonymously online. And I think that fueled a lot of people's willingness to participate. But I almost think it's passe now. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know many like high schoolers or college age kids. Queens tweeted us. What, what are you up to? <laughs> you gossiping? <laughs> what do you use Instagram for? <laughs> I think also, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about because like as we were coming up in our adolescence, like we were the first generation to have that be normalized. Right. And there were books about it. So much of our lives was happening online. Like, I mean, I think just as an example, like the way normal 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds would be learning to interact with people they found attractive would not have been on AOL Instant Messenger. But for us, it was. (laughs) And like, I don't know. I think it's just fascinating that like, and so much gossip that got passed around like via text or whatever. And the kids who are even younger than us have no concept of anything else. I, I will say, I think gossip lives more prevalently in smaller communities. So mm. if you're in a small group in high school, if you're in a small group in your town, then the more interested people are in other people's affairs. Because first of all, they know everybody. Like if you were to tell me a secret about my neighbor, I would probably say, who is that? Like I don't even know <laughs> yeah. half yeah. their names. So Ricky is not a fan of gossip. Yeah, and I think the gossip was pretty harmless. I don't know. If it happened, it happened. If um, who, who were the people? Marge and her husband, Jack. So Ricky asks her not to spill the beans, and uh, Ethel comes in, and Ricky sets her up by telling Ethel that Lucy's got a secret. Yeah, that was totally his fault. It's a trap. Instigator. He, sh- he should be more supportive. If he really wants her to change, then help her out. Yeah, exactly. If he hadn't told Ethel, Ethel wouldn't be hammering her, and Lucy maybe could have gotten through all of dinner without spilling. I think it's foreshadowing that the men like gossip just as much as the women do. Solid theory. And this is yet again, as we talked about in the last episode, where they just start using Ricky's inability to like use a turn of phrase correctly Ooh. for comedic effect. Which one was it in this one? Um, where he mixes up... Birds of a feather and like a uh, rose by any other name would smell as would smell as sweet. Yes, yeah. So crazy. Um. So when Lucy enters the room, she's taped her mouth shut, which is so cute that she was like, "I'm not gonna spill. I I prevented it." My- and then Fred makes a comment that he wanted he. That Ethel should be in that something like that more often. And I'm like, what are you inferring, Mr. Mertz? <laughs> you know what, too, is Lucy, like, chose to tape her own mouth shut. It's not like Ricky was like, tape your mouth shut, you know? She was being active. Yeah. And trying to having your Having your own agency makes all the difference. It's the difference between it being Lucy's idea and it being Fred's idea for, for Ethel. Ugh. Fred Mertz. Also, I love the fact that Ricky was like, remember, the Mertzes are coming over and, like, they're there in 10 seconds. <laughs> right on cue. Um, yeah, is it daytime? Is it nighttime? Nobody could tell. You never know. They don't have – I don't think they have, like, window sets. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, the, they're not having dinner. So I, I just had no idea why they were coming over. 2 p.m. Yeah, two, in the afternoon. A time <laughs> gossip session without the gossip. Well, and then th- from that proceeds the most amazing game of charades I've ever seen performed by any human. This is her wheelhouse. Like she kills that. She was really, really good. Tour de force. So, like it felt like um like a silent film star, like Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin. Totally. Where she is just like 
telling an entire story. The part where she ends up playing the role of all three people in the love triangle on the dance floor in a fight. I was like, this is amazing. And the boys can't help but also get into it. You know, it's initially it's Ethel Gaston and then Ricky, Ricky and Fred come on in because they can't help but be entranced by... Lucy's incredible charades. Yeah, even at the even at the top, Fred says, "Do you want to get a ringside seat or something?" Mm. They've already they're already treating it like a show because they know she's going to be so entertaining. And that's why I don't understand the whole fact that like Ricky never wants her to perform when clearly she's just like so gifted. He doesn't want to be outshined Mm, or share her overshadowed. That's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Outshined is that a phrase? Shine theory. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. What do Fred and Ricky start gossiping about? Something boring. No, it's about how one of the guys in his band is like a total wolf is what he says, but it's like being such a dog. Like he's sleeping with everyone at the club. All all the girl singers. Maybe that's why they're trying (laughs) to get new girl singers. Well, why don't you replace the guy who's sleeping with them? Mm. Just saying. The trombone player. (laughs) Or the drummer. He's like, Marco, my drummer. Um, he does say it would be easier if he wasn't such a wolf. Uh, and then Lucy calls them Hedda and Lolly. And the, that was referring to the gossip columnist Hedda Hopper and her rival Luella Parsons. Mm-hmm. Gossip columnist of the day. I mean, it still exists, like blind items. Mm-hmm. Who's a famous Perez Hilton? Perez Hilton. Oh, that's a good call. It's a modern day. Perez is probably. And then, oh, no, they didn't. I feel like those gossip sometimes. Or too. even TMZ, like any. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. But so from this, the there's a bet that gets made from the the men to the women saying, "I bet you can't last through dinner through who's whoever's the next whoever lasts the longest without gossiping." And what I thought of was I was reminded of an episode of television that's very iconic that is actually was named the number one episode of of television in the history of TV by TV Guide. <sighs> is the contest on Seinfeld where they all agree they make a bet of who can go the longest without doing something in particular. In that episode, it's about pleasuring themselves, but it's like the exact same setup of this episode. Have you ever made a bet with your friends about who could not do something the longest? No. I Should we make a bet? Who could not... Drink? No, I have to drink. <laughs> have, you ever, have you guys ever done a bet? Participated in a bet? I, I've 100%. A, we bet a lot at work. Okay. Um, I mean, like, I've been in, like, a, a pool, like a March Madness bracket or something. Technically, I owe my boss a penny because the other day I bet him that it would start raining in three minutes and it didn't. I think it's more fun to bet on things that you don't know are going to happen rather than bet on your own personal behavior. Right. Well, in, in in that case, it's just like incentivizing uh, yourself to do something you might not want to do or that you should do, but you don't think you'll actually be able to do. Yeah, especially if it's something like the first person who eats chocolate loses a bet or the first person who like skips their workout loses a bet. I was going to say, yeah. You already feel like crap if you're going to break that promise that you like made to yourself and then right. you have to pay all of your friends for being a screw up. Then isn't Lent just like a bet with Jesus? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so this episode is based on a episode of My Favorite Husband called Gossip and in the radio show the bet was for $25, not breakfast in bed. Hmm. I'd breakfast rather- in bed is very intimate. I kind of like it. Well, but then they eat it together. Flash Fast forward. forward. Yeah. The fact that Fred invited himself into their bed slash beds, I guess, 
boundaries, buddy. Like, very weird. Well, at least it's a separate bed. I sort of wish it was a split screen, but I get because the milkman comes running in, they couldn't have done that. Yeah. Because then how would how would Fred and Ethel have known that the piece of gossip was true? But still, I mean, it was just so weird to watch the two of them propped up waiting for their breakfast. And they, ordered, and they ordered the exact same breakfast. He was like, I'll have what he's having. It's like, whatever, <gasps> dude, whatever. <laughs> have what he's having. They make a bet. Who cannot gossip for the longest? And Lucy and Ethel are, like, bored. They have nothing to talk about. They, like, don't have a relationship if they can't talk about other people. So do they really have a good friendship at all, then? I think they do. I think it's about hijinks and there just wasn't anything. I think if something was going on with Fred and Ricky that wasn't gossip-related, then they would have totally had things to do and talk about and schemes to plan. But just because the thing they had to say to each other was gossip and they were trying really hard to avoid it. Yeah. They just were so consumed with this idea. Well, and the boys planted this false, like, crazy juicy story about the neighbor running away with the milkman. And the scheme was Ricky's idea. Yeah. So Ricky and Fred come up with this idea that they'll convey the information to the girls, the fictional story about the neighbor and the milkman while sleeping. And then Ricky can't wake Lucy up. When he's supposed to tell her. So he just like has a fit. Grace Foster y el lechero se van a salir juntos y no van a volver aquí. English, in English. Grace Foster is running away with a milkman and her husband doesn't suspect anything. Go on. That is all. Have you guys ever talked in your sleep? Or have you ever, do you know anyone who does? Yes. I've been told that I do. I feel like that makes sense. I was going to say I don't think it's um, understandable. I don't think they're full sentences. I think that's just like... Um. I had an experience where... <laughs> you guys know this about me. I did an 11-day like no-speech meditation retreat, and I had a roommate, and she was talking in her sleep during this when we're like not supposed to be talking at all. Was she talking the whole time, or did it start a couple days into the retreat? Maybe like the second or third day, but she was very clear full sentences, and she was clearly having very vivid dreams. <laughs> And I remember her saying, like, I am reaching enlightenment. Stop. (laughs) I am reaching. I am on the path and I am reaching enlightenment. And then things that were much more abstract, like, there is a raccoon in the studio. Stop. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, we didn't speak the entire time I knew her because we we were not allowed to. But, like, she would say stuff like that in her sleep. Well, so you kind of got to know her. Yeah. Yeah. She was great. I hope she got to know herself. So, yeah, they use the milkman. The milkman is so bashful. That's the word they used to describe him, which I thought was really cute. Yeah, like he wouldn't run away with your wife. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the ones who you least expect. Yeah. I know from experience. No, I actually don't. The other thing about this bedroom scene with Lucy and Ricky is it's the first time that we see voiceover being used on the show. I guess they just wanted to communicate more than they could in, like, looks and glances. Right. When they've already done, I guess, like, the first half of the show, they already did all of the, like, no speaking communication. So maybe they didn't want to get played out on that and try something different for this half. Well, it worked. Yeah. And they can't speak to each other because one of them is supposed to be asleep. Right. And the other one's not supposed to know what the other one just told them. That was very confusing. And Lucy's not supposed to know what Ricky just told her. 
Oh but my god. The next day, Lucy and Ethel. Oh yeah, they like don't know how to be around each other. Yeah, they don't know how to hang out if they don't have gossip. So And the boys go down to the furnace and like listen through the pipes. Right. So um Yet again. when so then they speak like they're Ethel and Lucy's consciences when they hear the girls spill the beans. Ethel You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Who's that? This is your conscience. You have been gossiping. Ethel, you've got the loudest conscience I ever heard. Lucy Ricardo, this is your conscience. You've been gossiping too. Oh, fine. My conscience has an accent. And Lucy knows immediately because her conscience has an accent. <laughs> so then Lucy takes a furnace cleaner. I don't know what that thing was called. No, it was a bellows. So she was like pumping uh, ash down the pipes. But do what do you use it for? You use that to make the fire go. Yeah, so it's like you pump air into the fire to like oh. stoke the fire. Because Lucy and Ethel technically want lost the bet. Mm-hmm. We cut to them serving Fred and Ricky in bed, and Fred had to get out of his own bed to walk upstairs to get into Lucy and Ricky's bed. I feel like that was probably one of the contingencies for him for the bet. What's the point of breakfast in bed if you have to leave bed? I don't get it. True. Also, his robe versus the robe that Ricky is wearing at the beginning of this episode that has the huge, like, silk lapels. Mm. I don't know. Someone's showing up and showing out, and someone is not. <laughs> like, just when you think it's coming to an ending where the girls have given up. They've resigned to their fates. Yep. The milkman comes running in. Chased by Mr. Foster. And With a gun! This show is so gun-happy, and it makes me crazy. <laughs> And then he uses the gun at one point to scratch his temple. He just rubs it on his face a lot. So clearly it's not loaded or he's just a giant dullard. And my favorite thing is that Lucy says, nothing can be settled with a gun. You will go to jail. Because she knows from experience. They did. They went to jail. She has learned lessons despite what Ricky thinks. Yes. Um, So the milkman is played by Bobby Jellison, who will return in season five. So we'll see if we see him again. And, uh, Bill Foster is played by Richard Reeves. Mm-hmm. Oh, and what's interesting about this scene is that apparently Mark Daniels was the director for this episode and many other episodes of the show. And Lucy got into a fight over the staging of the moment where the milkman runs in. And the milkman runs in and sort of like yelling and runs around the bed. And then they hide him under the vanity. But... Mark Daniels wanted him to jump over, like, to jump across the beds, like, run across them. And Lucy was just like, no, we're not doing that. Because she just didn't see why that would make any sense. And they had to bring in the the executive producer, Jess Oppenheimer, to, like, settle the score between the two of them. Lucy knows best. Yeah, he sided with Lucy because um, Mark Daniels couldn't give a good reason why the milkman would climb over the bed. Motivation. Yeah. Well, and so right before this all happens, there's a there's a sort of a question in the air about if the boys were awake and they passed along the story, is that gossip? And their thing is like, well, it's only gossip if we believed it to be true and we knew we were lying. So it's not gossip. But but then, so the fact that these people run in and it seems like there is truth, behind it. truth to this story 
changes the whole game. And so the ladies end up winning. Mm -hmm. I just love the layers of this. Totally. Well, the ultimate button is that Lucy paid off Mr. Foster and the milkman. Yep. Five dollars each. Which is a little crazy. The milkman I can understand, but Mr. Foster, you have to live with the fact that your neighbor thinks your wife almost ran away with the milkman and all you get is five dollars. But also, like, look at Mr. Foster and, like, look at the milkman. And he's probably like, ah, that's hilarious. My wife is obsessed with me. Yeah, I would get it with... Richard Reeves? Yeah. I, he can, he could, he can, he may get it. He can, he can have it. Come on inside. <laughs> also, it just fits with the theme that everyone's willing to put on a show in this world. Right. Like, the bum who was mistaken for the first husband... And the downstairs neighbors in New Neighbors were actors. Like, there's a very strong performance theme with everyone we meet. Well, and it's always interesting because, like, so many, so much of so many of the episodes, it's, like, 90% just the four of them in this, like, little world. So that when we add extra people in, it, like, kind of changes the sense of suspending disbelief. It's not just the four of them, like, building this crazy little world. It's, like, no other people are involved. That's, like, L.A. versus everywhere else. <laughs> Oh, also, Ethel is so savage at the end when she calls Fred fatso <laughs> because the girls get in bed for their breakfast in bed. Well, they, they order a much better breakfast, too. Yeah. But it's also a little weird. It's like honeydew melon stuffed with strawberries. Well, I was no. thinking it's like, you know, when you cut a melon in half, a honeydew, and then you pull the seeds out, and then it's empty. So it just means like filled with strawberries. So it's like a, honey, a honeydew bowl of strawberries. I have a controversial opinion. You don't like melon. Melon is a filler fruit and disgusting, and it tastes like water. That's but, not controversial. I agree. Yeah, I think it's gross. I agree with you 100%. Oh, damn it. I was hoping I could have a fight about this. Hot take. So are we still going to gossip? We don't gossip that much. We don't have any I don't think, gossip I don't now. think I gossip. I try not to. No, well, I don't think you gossip either. I, it's mostly sharing facts. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, I can't remember the last time I was like... Let me tell you. You'll never guess what I know. Though I think I'm going to go with Lucy's definition of her behavior, which is a mutual exchange of vital information. <laughs> and that is how I carry myself through my life and my relationships. We're all just sharing stories. Sharing is caring, you know, guys? Um, yeah, I'm not sure that I do it at all. Um, I'm even trying to think about the last time someone told me something that somebody else told them. And I feel like it's at work, in which case it's about work, you right. know? Like, oh, I was talking to this person and they suggested this and like, let's do that. It's like, that's not gossip. (laughs) It's just like tasks. (laughs) That's just like making an itinerary. (laughs) Like, oh, I I have a trip to San Francisco and someone like suggested a restaurant. That's not gossip. (laughs) No, no. He said it was a has a great creme brulee. Gossip. Oh my god, scandal. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean I think other than other than the Seinfeld thing, it feels I don't know, it doesn't feel particularly of our time. Well, there was a friends episode where they Oh, where Rachel where they vowed to all stop doing like they made New Year's resolutions to most of them stop doing annoying habits that they had. And Rachel's was gossiping. And Rachel's was gossiping and it also is like coincidentally around the same time she finds out Monica and Chandler are sleeping together. And it becomes very difficult for her to keep the secret because... It's always about sex. It is. Why is that the most interesting thing? Yeah. I I mean, because that's where the scandals happen, even in the news. Because it's, like, taboo, but everyone wants to talk about it. Yeah. Interesting. 
Anyway, yeah, I'm yeah, more yeah. Examples. Yeah. Well, if you guys want to keep up with all of our We Love Lucy gossip, make sure that you follow us on all of our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at We Love Lucy Podcast. At We Love Lucy Pod on Twitter. You can also email us anything you want. You can send us pictures, gifts slash gifs, depending on your pronunciation. Send us no, gossip. If you have anything of that nature, you can send it to us at welovelucypod at gmail.com. Next week, you can check in with us to learn about a subject near and dear to all of our hearts. It's called the kleptomaniac. Ooh. Stealing. Who is the kleptomaniac? Lucy. Obviously. <laughs> to answer that question and more, uh, come find us next Monday. Yeah. Keep living La Vida Lucy.